Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for October the 16th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry, hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week. It is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. But yesterday, we finally got the news that we have been waiting for since the King teased it earlier this week. The PlayStation 5 user interface has been officially revealed by Sony. The news arrives as part of a PlayStation blog post, which digs into the new console's user experience and reveals a few new features coming to the PlayStation 5 when it launches next month. One of the highlights of the new system is the control center, which provides immediate access to almost everything you need from the system and can be summoned by pressing the PlayStation button on the new DualSense controller. From the control center, you can see who is online, check the status of downloads, manage your controllers, and more. A special 11-minute state of play showcase launched alongside the blog post, providing an in-depth look at the PlayStation 5's user experience, which was designed with 4K TVs in mind. There is also a brand new feature called Activities, which lets players discover new gameplay opportunities, go back to things you missed, jump directly into levels or challenges you want to play, and much more. Activity cards can be accessed directly from the control center, and some can be viewed picture-in-picture, picture, meaning you won't have to leave the game to see them. An example is shown from Sackboy A Big Adventure, where the user can open up an activity card relating to a level in progress and see objectives they still need to complete. From this menu, they can also find out the estimated playtime necessary to complete the level. Pause. This is a custom estimated playtime, meaning it takes into consideration how fast you are playing and then applies that directly to your uh, user experience and it applies it to how long it will take you to finish the game. That's very important. If they wish to, players can press resume on an activity to warp to the chosen level. And if a user is a PlayStation Plus subscriber, they can also get access to game help, where if they tap one of the objectives, they can see screenshots and video clips that can be pinned on the screen and will guide them towards the solution. Users will also be able to join parties and games hosted by their friends directly from the control center, switching between games with pace thanks to the PlayStation 5's SSD. A new media sharing system also allows you to dictate captions or screenshots before sharing them, and screenshots will be shrouded with a spoiler warning for players who might not have seen that part of the game yet. Uh, very important. Not sure how that's going to work on social media, but we'll find out. Uh, Sony also notes that they have rebuilt the entire software stack from the console to the network to make the user experience faster. Quote, we believe the less time you spend waiting to interact with the system, the more time you will have to spend playing games, the article explains. Right from the get-go, I'm going to rate this user interface like a 7 to an 8 out of 10, and I'll tell you why. It's because it's unfamiliar. The more that I look at it and the more that I analyze it, the happier I am with it. And of course, as soon as I get my hands on it, I spend a couple of weeks playing around with it, I'm sure that it will grow on me, and I guarantee you it is going to be leaps and bounds better than the PlayStation 4's UI, which I would probably rate currently at between like a 5 and a 6, just not really doing it for me. Uh, but if you want to check out the entire video, it is 11 and a half minutes long. Highly recommend diving in and giving it a look. I'm going to kind of scroll through it and hit the highlights of what I think is worth talking about. So if you are listening on a podcast, might not be the best uh, explanation of what you can expect, but hey, check out the video and you can find out more visually. But let's go ahead and dig into it. So first off, this is the game center. This is what you see whenever you are jumping back into a game from booting up your console and you're returning into the action. 
The Game Center has the potential to fundamentally change the experience that you have on the PlayStation 5, and it could actually fundamentally change the way that players play games, and I'll explain why. So if you check out what you have here, you have a news tab, you have a screenshots option uh, where you can see your newly created screenshots, and then you have these, which are essentially objectives and levels that you can do within the game. Now, the utilization of this feature is going to vary depending on the game that you're playing, but for a game like Sackboy Big Adventure, where you do have these independent levels, kind of Mario style, if you will, uh, this is the perfect opportunity to see what you still have to complete and jump directly back in and play. Play it. Now, late last year, there was a patent that was actually submitted uh, that showed this new technology that basically allowed you to jump directly into any portion of a game from the home screen. That's a very important element here because traditionally you have had to log into the game, you've had to boot up the game, you've had to navigate some menus, and you can generally get where you want to go. But if you want to dive directly into a specific mission, unless you already have that mission queued up, you can't really do that. For instance, in Sackboy Big Adventure, if you want to complete this objective on the screen, the level A Big Adventure, you are 33% done, it is in progress, you can click that card and jump directly back into where you were. That changes the way that people experience games. I don't necessarily have to have this linear approach to a platformer game anymore. I can jump directly into wherever I am and pick directly back up and complete objectives. I guarantee you that this is going to allow more people to complete trophies. And of course, for those that don't know, trophies are now trackable if the developer so chooses. But you can now say, hey, you need to collect 10 cabbages from the garden and you see a counter that says you've got eight cabbages, two more to go. That's so useful for somebody like me uh, that is kind of a casual trophy hunter. I enjoy earning trophies, I appreciate what they do and they increase engagement with a game, but I didn't feel compelled to get them in the same way that I am compelled to get Xbox achievements. Uh, and so I think this is an awesome step in the right direction, but this will fundamentally change the way that somebody experiences a game. Now again, depending on how a developer uses this feature, the experience will shift greatly, but it still is a very cool one to have. Uh, now, of course, if you scroll through, you can see a lot of the social features, a lot of the new enhancements that are coming to the UI, but this is one that I think is very interesting. The game help. If you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you essentially have access to game help for specific scenarios within games. So if there is a puzzle, for instance, that you cannot find the solution to, you can choose game help and it will show you a video that you can then actually pop out and put in any corner of the screen or really any location on the screen that can give you a hand and help you find exactly what you need. This is something that we saw again in a patent that I believe was filed late last year, and it's interesting to say the least to see this option. It's not necessary and it's not required, so therefore I can't really speak to it. You don't have to use it if you don't want to use it, but if you do want to use it, you have the option too. For somebody like me, I prefer to try for at least uh, 30 minutes to an hour to see if I can achieve the goal, but if I can't, then I'll look up a YouTube video. This is essentially cutting the middleman out, and you don't have to actually go check out a video. Uh, so if you do want that kind of feature, that is something else that is going to be coming. And then you have this. This is a new social feature where, of course, from the game center, you can jump directly into a chat with friends. You can jump directly into a call. Whatever you need to do, you can do it from the game center.
but somebody can now share their screen their actual gameplay and you can have audio if you would like and then you can actually choose a picture-in-picture -picture option and have them playing their game at anywhere on the screen this is one of the features that I will never use at all and I cannot think of an instance in which I've thought hmm I see that Tony is playing modern warfare you know what I want to watch him while I play Madden not really into that now there are instances when I could see this being useful for instance if a friend is stuck and they say hey can you guide me through this mission uh, I can say yeah share the screen I'm playing Call of Duty right now but I'll help you no big deal but even then who is going to ask your friend for help just google it or use the game help option uh, so that kind of nullifies that point this is one of the features that I just don't see being utilized now Xbox had this feature on the Xbox one earlier in the generation and it was taken away but it could come back and it could come back with a vengeance uh, on the PlayStation 5 or even on the Xbox Series X for that matter at some point in the future uh, but in regards to the PlayStation 5 this could be very good for twitch if you enjoy watching streams while you play games I know that's something that I do pretty frequently so it would be cool to have my favorite streamer up in the corner would love to watch the man versus game while I play Neo or something like that on top of that it could be good for something like YouTube or a Spotify playlist with a bit of a media player up in the top right hand corner uh, additionally one other one that somebody else brought to mind on Twitter was sports if you want to watch the NBA finals while you play your game uh, to be able to do a picture-in-picture -picture mode sounds like a good feature will that be possible with the apps that are coming to the system I suppose we will have to wait and see but very excited to see what comes of this although for this specific style of utilization I just don't see it being uh, something that gets used in this way I just don't want to watch my friends play games uh, now they do have a bit of a demo of how fast it is to actually jump from one game into another one of course it is incredibly impressive so if you do want to dive into destruction all-stars they actually show you getting into it right now you click join on the party and then immediately you are booting up the game a bit of a five second wait probably primarily for the graphic to pop up and then the Sony computer entertainment uh, jumps into action so if you did want to learn how fast it was to jump into a game there you have it now they have a couple of more features that are shown off of course uh, this is the cross media bar proper the new home screen if you will that is not part of the game center uh, this is replacing what you have on the PlayStation 4 home screen now now this is where things got interesting for me the PlayStation Store has been entirely rebuilt from the ground up for the PlayStation 5 user experience and what I mean by that is that no longer is the PlayStation Store a dedicated application because previously just like you had PlayStation now just like you had any game installed the PlayStation Store was an app that was built for the PlayStation 4 now the store is built into the PlayStation 5 which means it should be faster it should be more fluid and it should actually let you find things right now the PlayStation Store on the PlayStation 4 is horrendous it has always been bad and it's barely gotten better hopefully the PlayStation 5 will improve that unfortunately we did not see these features also notably absent from today's uh, showcase was the trophy system we do not see any kind of trophy tab so I suppose they're saving that for a later date uh, but ultimately when it comes down to it the PlayStation 5 UI is going to get the job done it looks like it's perfectly fine and I'm excited to get my hands on it this November but the box itself has been revealed by Burger King and it is massive 
Look, we knew the PS5 was a big boy that was essentially confirmed last week when Sony posted the teardown video of the console. As of today though, we have now seen our first look at the packaging that will be carrying the next gen console to retailers, and my goodness, I hope you are bringing a forklift to carry it out of the store. In what continues to be the most bizarre marketing collaboration ever, eh, not really, uh, Burger King of all places has today given us our look at the PlayStation 5 box. As seen in a new video, which you can watch below, the ad shows off customers and select Burger King restaurants unwrapping a PlayStation 5 box from some packaging. Some of these customers even hold this box up to give us a full examination of its size, and yeah, this thing is a behemoth. The PS5 box looks like it's nearly half the size of some of these folks that are holding it. Uh, indeed, this is the size of a legitimate adult. Uh, if you look at specifically, let me find this woman. Uh, yeah, this woman. If you look at this, this this is literally the size of a torso. This is half of an individual. Uh, that is very large in terms of just the width, the height, and of course this box is huge in and of itself. We talked yesterday about why it's so big. It's because of the fan that's inside of it uh, to keep it cool, but man, what an actual unit this baby is. Uh, so if you were curious as to what it's going to look like when you're carrying the box out of the store, uh, that is going to be it, and uh, hopefully you have a pickup truck. Just kidding. It's not really that big, uh, but I like poking fun at how huge this thing actually is. So some good news for those that are buying extra controllers, charging stands, etc. PS5 devices are slated to begin releasing later this month on October the 30th based on new information from Sony in terms of accessories. We started hearing earlier this week that those in the UK would seemingly have access to games and accessories for the PS5 prior to the console's actual launch in the region, and now it sounds like that is going to ring true for others around the world. PlayStation started sending out emails today for those who purchased PS5 accessories directly from Sony a few weeks back and confirmed the items will begin shipping out before the next-gen platform itself. October 30th is said to be the date in which these products will begin to release, which is just about two weeks prior to the when the PS5 itself will drop. Noted deal finder on Twitter, Wario64, also stated that his rings true, or this rings true, for some other retail storefronts as well. While I am sure many are excited to get some of their PS5 goodies ahead of time, there won't be much use for them until the console arrives as well. Still, the fact that we'll likely start to see this stuff and perhaps some games appearing on store shelves about two weeks from now is another reminder of how close we actually are to launch. And of course, the PS5 itself is coming out next month on November the 12th in select regions with others to follow on November the 19th. Uh, so if you uh, ordered an extra controller or if you want to pick up some games ahead of time, you now have the option to do so starting on October the 30th, according to Sony. Uh, this is neat because it takes away from the hectic nature of a launch. Uh, I don't necessarily want to have to worry about much anything else than the PlayStation 5 itself. Uh, and so this gives me the option to do that, which is, of course, very welcome. Now moving over to the Xbox side of things, GameStop will get a cut of digital revenue from every Xbox it sells. This is a follow-up story to a Microsoft story that we talked about last week uh, that seems to have a bit more girth than we first imagined. Microsoft and GameStop have inked a deal that would give the latter a portion of the tech giant's digital sales revenue for every next-gen Xbox the gaming retail chain sells. The companies published a press release about their collaboration last week, but it mostly focused on GameStop employees using Microsoft's cloud solutions and hardware products. As Ars Technica has noted, though, there is a vague line buried in there that deserves more attention. GameStop and Microsoft will both benefit from the customer acquisition and lifetime revenue value of each gamer brought into the Xbox ecosystem. Pause. 
I talked about this last week, and this seems like a vague corporate positivity statement where it's talking about the benefit of having this partnership and it's just, yeah, we'll both win. Uh, But it seems like it's a bit more than that. Speaking to investment firms Domo Capital Management and Loop Capital, the publication was able to paint a better picture of the situation. Domo President Justin Dopierala, ooh, probably massacred that, told ours the GameStop Investor Relations representative Eric Cerny said in an email with a statement, We are allowed to state we will receive a portion of the downstream revenue from any device we will bring into the Xbox ecosystem. Loop Capital Analyst Anthony Chukumba, I remember that name, uh, confirmed what Dopierla said, adding the GameStop will get a percentage of the revenue from every full game and DLC download, every microtransaction, and every subscription made through an Xbox Series X or Series S it has sold through its stores. And since the original line in the PR mentions lifetime revenue value, it means the retailer will be receiving money from Microsoft throughout each console's lifetime. BWW Media Group executive editor Brad Sams first brought attention to the deal last week and noted Domo Capital's confirmation. How big GameStop's cut is, however, remains a mystery. Neither GameStop nor Microsoft would reveal the details of their partnership, though Dupierla believes it could be anywhere from 1-10% to of all digital revenue. Jacumba told ours that it's probably much smaller than that because, well, Microsoft probably is not getting a lot out of the deal. If they did not have this arrangement, would they sell fewer Xboxes, he said. It's also unclear if the deal would mean GameStop will push Xboxes more than PlayStations. That is something we may find out next month when the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S arrive. This is incredibly interesting because of the space that we find ourselves in today. Digital is taking over. Digital is a major part of how people get their games. And so, in a world that is increasingly digital, GameStop is a physical storefront retailer. You have to be able to survive if you plan on maintaining operations in the coming years. And of course, GameStop has been on a downward trajectory. So, to be able to get some kind of cut from the Xboxes that they sell is certainly going to bring some level of kickback. Now, the big point here is that every microtransaction, every digital game sale, every DLC add-on, every season pass, they're getting a small portion of that. Uh, It could be a very big uh, form of revenue for GameStop going forward. And it shows that although Microsoft is focused on digital, it's also not leaving physical retailers behind because although you might not like it, it is an ecosystem. Microsoft and Sony depend on brick and mortar stores to provide a lot of what they give consumers. If I'm buying a console, I would much rather go to a Target, a Walmart, a GameStop, a Best Buy and pick it up rather than have it shipped to my address. Because number one, porch pirates could steal it. Number two, it could get damaged in shipping. I would much rather go pick it off of a stack, put it on the counter and carry it directly to my car where it will be buckled in like a newborn child. Uh, And so I think that GameStop is going to get a lot uh, of kickback from this because of how much they will actually sell in the Xbox ecosystem because the Series X will do far better than the Xbox One did. That's clear right off the bat. Uh, It could outsell the Xbox One within the first couple of years. I mean, really, it is going to be pretty impressive if my speculations are to come true. Uh, But GameStop is certainly getting more bang for their buck with every Xbox they sell. Now, speaking of big games coming out this year, Cyberpunk 2077 will be on Stadia at launch after all. CD Projekt Red confirmed yesterday uh, in the Nightwire livestream that Cyberpunk 2077 will come to Google's video game streaming platform Stadia on November the 19th. 
That is the same day it will release on other platforms like Xbox One, PS4, and PC, but up until today it was not entirely clear Cyberpunk 2077 would hit Stadia then as well. The fine print from a CDPR press release earlier this year implied the Stadia release might come later, although sometime before the end of 2020. The open-world sci-fi RPG has long been a selling point for the service, which can stream the game otherwise designed for high-end gaming hardware to phones, Chromecast, and laptops. With Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed Valhalla also set to launch on Stadia alongside console and PC, Stadia users will not have to wait to play some of Fall's bigger releases. Very cool! I'm excited about this. Uh, not playing it on Stadia, but I'm excited Cyberpunk's finally coming out. Uh, but no, I digress. If you do actually want to give Stadia a shot, I've played around with it, and it's good, it's fun, it's fine, but it's not where people are playing, and that's a big part of gaming, is being where the people are. Uh, you know, where your friends play, where your community lies, and for the majority of players right now, that's on PlayStation. For a lot of players, that's on Xbox. Uh, and so, Stadia just doesn't feel like the place to play Cyberpunk 2077, uh, but for players on a budget, for players that don't have great hardware for players that are on the go, uh, Stadia is a fantastic choice if you do want to play some of the year's biggest releases. So congratulations, you are getting Cyberpunk at launch. Or you could even play Borderlands 3, which is getting a second season pass. And a move that has surprised no one, 2K Games and Gearbox have announced they are creating another season pass for Borderlands 3 to keep the DLC train going. Given their history with Borderlands 2 and the proverbial boatload of DLC it got, it was inevitable. Two DLCs for the pass have been announced, the Designer's Cut and Director's Cut add-ons. They involve brand new looks for all Vault Hunters as well as additional skill trees for each character and a new standalone mode titled Arms Race for the Designer's Cut. The pass will go on sale on November the 10th, which is the same day that the Designer's Cut DLC will drop and when the next-gen upgrades arrive. Director's Cut will arrive in spring of 2021. Gearbox says that it will tease out all of the components of the pass starting on October the 20th at 9am Pacific Time on Twitch, followed by streams on October 22nd, 29th, and 30th at the same time. This is not nearly as enticing as four brand new planets with additional story themes, but maybe it will extend in uh, game play a bit, assisting the long-term health of the game. Either way, more information is sorely needed. Uh, so this is essentially just, I hate, I hate to call it this, because Borderlands 3 wasn't a bad game, but it didn't live up to the hype that Borderlands 2 had set. Uh, and on top of that, it wasn't as good. The loot grind was not as satisfying. And you see professional players that are like actually pro Borderlands players just not playing the game. And so uh, this is a money grab, quite frankly, because the new consoles are launching. You're looking for games that are getting next gen upgrades. Gearbox pumps out an update to Borderlands 3 that makes it look phenomenal on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Somebody's already played all of the content on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Don't worry, Season Pass 2. Tons of new content coming your way. Uh, so it's fine if you're into Borderlands 3, then you might want to dive in and give it a shot because, hey, who knows? You might want to play the new gen version anyway. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what stories caught your eye from today's show. Specifically, what do you think about that PS5 UI? Would love to hear your thoughts. But until Monday, you guys have a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you soon and peace.